This is the Vantage Podcast. This is Thomas Cordell. And Mason Pereira. How's it going, everybody? It's a nice Saturday morning here in Boulder. It's beautiful. September. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Not too hot. Nice and cool. Just hanging out, having some coffee. And uh, recording this podcast for you. We got some uh, good stuff. Actually, it's a powder keg of good knowledge to know about what's going to happen in the near future. Where we are heading. Yeah, and actually we're heading into the metaverse. Yeah, I think we all have a pretty good idea that things are going to be wild in the future. It's going to be very different than they are now. But I think we're starting to get a better sense of what the future is exactly going to look like. And that is the metaverse, which is, think of it like life lived in the internet. If you've seen Ready Player One, it's basically the real life version of the Oasis. They um, have been doing a lot of research on this concept of the metaverse. Yeah, we found it to be pretty interesting. And a lot of it was almost shocking to me in, in the sense that it's so clear, but yet I had never thought of I, I had never thought of it exactly in those terms before. But as soon as I was presented with the material, it seemed um, exceedingly obvious. Yeah, and basically, you might have heard the word metaverse getting tossed around in the news or wherever that what you know whatever you're listening to. It's the concept of it is being triggered by Google and Apple and Facebook kind of all coming together and saying, hey, we want to collectively build this thing that is the metaverse. The metaverse being like this virtual land or whatever it is, like us basically going into the portal. But there, these companies are now talking about, okay, let's put together, let's put our heads together, let's put our resources together and start building out the infrastructure of this thing where, think of it, we're going to define it more clearly, but Think of it, imagine it as you go to the mall, but you don't actually go to the physical mall. You go to the metaverse mall in the internet using AR or VR goggles. Yeah, it'd be places to socialize, work, be entertained, pretty much whatever. And it, and it won't necessarily only be like virtual reality. It'll also be augmented reality as well. So if you're not familiar with what augmented reality is, just imagine virtual reality, except it's just overlaid over our physical world. So you're still like looking at real objects. There's just a visual representation overlaid on top of them, basically. So you're still walking around the normal world, except there's just this digital component to it that you're seeing through glasses, contacts, implants, or whatever. Yeah, and before we dive into it, I think it's good to just talk about some stats that just provide evidence of the fact that we are going this direction. So in the survey that Wonderman Thompson did, they asked respondents a number of questions just about this to just kind of give give points and evidence to this. And 93% of the respondents agreed that technology is our future. And what they also found was that 80% of millennials or Gen Zs agree that their everyday life and activities depend on technology. Which is not entirely shocking, but I mean, that's 
80% is significant. A significant majority. And then 64% say that their social life depends on technology. 61% say that their entire livelihood depends on technology. 56% say their creativity depends on technology. And 52% say that their happiness depends on technology. And 50% say that their well-being depends on technology. And, and that's actually not just, that's, that's not only Gen Z and millennials. Those stats actually include Gen X and baby boomers as well, that their social life depends on technology, 64%. Their livelihood depends on technology, 61%. 56% say their creativity depends on tech, 52 their happiness, and 50% their well-being. So it's pretty fair to say that everybody's pretty wrapped up in this technology stuff. Yeah, and, and these stats are important because it just backs up, like, we're going into this metaverse. And I think that's a great transition to what is the metaverse? Yeah. And basically, the way experts are looking at this is, first of all, it's it's kind of the internet 3.0 or, or 4.0 or whatever you want to call it. But the metaverse is, is, is social. It's limitless. It's an everyday experience. It's decentralized. So nobody's going to own the metaverse. And you can see that because Google and Facebook and Apple are all kind of colluding together to create this thing. It's not just owned by one person. It's going to be user-defined, so it's going to be owned and shaped by, you know, people living in this world. It's going to be built by people living in the space. It's going to be a creative space. You're going to be able to do a lot of different things in it, and it's going to be persistent. So it's going to always be there. It's going to be a continuous existence that you can pop in and out of at any given point. Yeah, and it is user-defined. So like Mason said, people living in there create the world as they're living within the world. So the edges are continually being expanded. Yeah, and, and a, a great uh, like movie to reference if you've, if you've experienced it is Ready Player One, which you mentioned earlier. But it's basically, in, the, in that movie, this kid has basically a, an entire life in the internet where he's got an he's an avatar in the metaverse in his version of the metaverse which they call the oasis but what he he puts on these VR goggles and he's got like this omnidirectional treadmill that he can walk around and so he can actually interact with the metaverse by just the way that he would normally interact with the physical world and then he has haptic sensors that basically allow him to feel the way that certain objects would feel otherwise so he- and, and and if you're wondering wondering like technologically how this will work i think that more more likely than not it'll revolve around neural implants and it will these neural implants will simulate sensation whether it's the various sensations of running down the street or playing tennis, or going skydiving, these implants will be able to simulate all of those sensations, and they will correspond with, I, I, I guess, whatever you're seeing, is, I mean, sight is a, is a sensation as well. So, it, like, our brains will pretty much be just, like, directly plugged into this thing at its fullest manifestation. It'll, this isn't going to happen overnight. It's not like... Google is going to come out tomorrow and say, hey, guys, we've got this metaverse thing. You know, connect yourself up to this machine, live in the matrix. 
it's not, it's going to happen in a matter of degrees and we are already seeing it happen. You know, there's, there's many examples of the metaverse becoming more prominent in our world. Basically, I, you know, the, the best example of, of the metaverse being prominent in our current world are video games. Yes. People are, they have very complex social lives that exist entirely within these video game communities. Other people who meet the majority of their friends in video games, they communicate with their friends primarily in video games. And I think if you ask them the majority of like what they would consider their engaging and interesting life occurs in video games and online. So I think that that is just going to continually expand from just video games. It'll start to include things like work, you know, and I mean, video games are entertainment, but there will be like, instead of sitting down and, you know, watching TV at the end of the night, you'll sit down and you'll plug into your game, whatever it is. It's not going to be Fortnite. It's going to be something like that. And and there, there will be something for everybody. You like to travel, you can hop in and travel. Well, in actually Fortnite did do something interesting and they're kind of a case study of the metaverse coming to life. And, and it's an early glimpse of what it could look like. Rapper Travis Scott did a concert in Fortnite where he had, I think it was almost a million people. I think he had north of, yeah. I had, Maybe more than a million people. Yeah, the, the stats in here somewhere. But yeah, there was a, there, he had a significant audience for a concert in Fortnite. Granted, the concert was pre-recorded. But he did not do it live. But someday people will do live concerts in these game realities. Virtual venues is kind of the, the concept. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Virtual venues. That's where a good phrase. Yeah. And and you know, a lot of people are indicating that they're interested in going to these types of events. And I think that that's actually a good a good place to start conceptualizing how the metaverse is going to gradually come to life. Like you're going to start to go to concerts in the metaverse. You're going to sign on to your Fortnite or whatever it is, and you're going to go to a digital concert. And a lot of people, they have, people are indicating that this is something that they're willing to do. 78% of people said, Hey, a digital movie sounds appealing to me. 63% said that attending a digital concert sounds interesting to yeah. them. And then attending a play, 62% said that that sounds interesting to them. So this is really a, a gateway into the metaverse. And then it's going to probably extend off of that. But if you think about it, concerts are very social. So you could see your friends or their their avatar representations in the metaverse as well. And people are going to spend a lot of money to make their virtual representation or their avatar look the way that they want it to look and traditional boundaries are going to disappear. You'll be able to have clothes made of fire if that's what you want. And just to go back to the Travis Scott thing, April 2020 is when this concert happened. At the peak of the concert, there was tw- there were 12.3 million viewers. Jeez. And then in the next few days, 27.7 million unique viewers watch the performance through through the platform. So there's a good chance that somebody on this podcast probably attended that Travis Scott concert. And if yeah, they did, sure. you've been to the metaverse. You've been to kind of that first little glimpse of the metaverse. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is just like, it's proof of concept. It's showing that it is possible. People are interested in it and that we can do it. 
the first examples may not be the most breathtaking experiences, but that's what they are. They're first examples. It's just kind of showing where we are going to end up going. Yeah. Think of it like, you know, it's, it's an early version of the IBM computer. At some point you're going to end up with an iPhone, but right now the metaverse is in this very conceptual stage where people are just testing and learning. But 52 million people is a, you said 52 million? Uh, I believe it was. So 27.7 watched it after the fact, but 17 million, or I'm sorry, 12.3 million viewers watched it live, live at the peak of the event. Crazy. 12.3 unique viewers. That's a lot peak of, of event. people. And yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the American population, that's a significant percent, you know? So obviously concerts is a great way to kind of visualize. You get the first glimpse through like a concert or a live event or something of that of that nature. Where does it go from there? I think shopping is a natural just place to jump to. Imagine going to the mall and shopping for clothes that you might want to wear. Yep. And you could buy, if you buy something, maybe you get the digital version and the physical version sent to your house. So your your avatar gets to wear the clothes right? That you buy the Chanel clothes that you buy, but then they also get that Chanel jacket shipped to them that they can try on in the metaverse. Yeah. A drone delivers it five hours later. Exactly. And then it's at your door and you get to wear it whenever you go. I don't know, whatever you do in the real world. I, what I'm interested for or what I'm excited for and interested in is augmented reality clothing. So like you'll have a pair of shoes that they just look like shoes. They might be super cool. But if you're wearing your augmented reality glasses or whatever, there might be extra special designs or sparkles or whatever the heck, you know, the designer puts on there that people are able to see as you're walking down the street. So you might have a, it might look like a, a blank white t-shirt while you're wearing it. But when you put on your virtual AR goggles or glasses or whatever, and somebody sees you walking down the street, you, you know, you've got wings coming off the back of it or whatever. I'm pretty excited for that kind of stuff. That'll be, it'll be, it'll be very cool and expressive. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Lots of things that could stem off of it. And then, you know, it kind of, the metaverse then becomes part of actually the physical reality. Yeah. It starts to become overlaid on top of the world that we know and love. That's right. It, 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 it creeps in and, and then, so okay, so you've got these concerts and then it goes to, let's just call it shopping. I don't think that these things are too crazy to think about, but then, okay, so you build a digital mall. Well, all of a sudden you want property in, you want to buy a house next to the mall. And all of a sudden people start to build next to the mall in the, in the digital realm. Yeah. It's, it sounds wild and for me, it's initially counterintuitive because I look at the digital space as limitless. So how would you, how would you portion it off, you know, and, and why would you want to, right? So like, why would you want to inhabit a space next to this mall when you could go live on your own planet and have, right. have your own planet that is exactly the way that you want it, right? But I think some people are going to want to be where other people's attention is. So if there are people congregating in this mall, in this virtual space, and they all see your house every time that they walk into this mall, or 
whatever, you know, everybody congregates in the space and you want to be close to it. You want people to see you that, that real estate is going to become, going to become valuable. Yes. You know, because only so many people can inhabit that digital space. And there's going to be plenty of people who say, who opt for, you know, I want my own planet or solar system. Or, well, maybe it's not residential real estate, but maybe it's commercial real estate. So advertising becomes yeah. very, very compelling. And you start to see different cities and exhibits and experiences that brands are starting to build in the metaverse, let's say next to the mall. Yep. And may, yeah, and def, definitely commercial for sure. It'll build your status. Yes. Right. So you walk up to this mall that everybody goes to every day or whatever. And, you know, the hot pop star of the moment has the house right there that everybody walks past and they're like, oh man, that's fucking Travis Scott's house or whatever. You know, I think that's what's going to create that value because they get to place a little piece of themselves or their ownership or a little ad for them um, directly near the center of attention. Exactly. And, and so on top of that, you could imagine like, let's say, okay, you've got this mall. Well, let's put a big music venue next to the mall. Okay. So you can literally see it from outside the mall. And so, okay, now everybody knows, okay, there's the music venue. That music venue has tremendous amounts of value because people want to go and they're willing to pay money to go watch Katy Perry or whoever played the show that they want to go attend. So to know where things are and to be in kind of the, the central hub of everything is enormously valuable for that reason. Yeah, it's, it's like gaining access to a chat room, except it's not just a a board where people are, are able to post and comment, but it's an entire venue. It is a full virtual space where you're able to go and interact with different people. And if all this seems weird and it seems improbable, the main key is like, this is where people are going to congregate and it's going to be based on people wanting to be like exposed to each other right? It's built on our social desire to inhabit a place that other people are inhabiting and to socialize. That's going to be the thread that links all of this together because it's not going to be limited by like computing power. It's not like we only have so much computing power and we can only generate so much virtual space. And so we need to, you know, people are gonna have to start buying up bits of that virtual space. Like it's not really going to work that way. It's going to be the places where people congregate are going to be higher value areas than places where people don't congregate, places where there's not traffic. You can kind of see it now with with websites. You know, websites with high traffic are able to charge more for advertising. And if you want to gain access and post your message or be seen on a high traffic network, it's expensive. You know, like if you think about one of these massive Instagram accounts or something, you know, imagine Imagine you want like Drake to post something about you on his Instagram account. You're going to have to pay the dude right. a fucking ton of money because that's a it's a high value channel. And this is not going to be much different from that. It's not. And I think that brings up an interesting concept of how are these cities of these meta cities going to organize themselves? Well, you're not constrained by transportation. So you can teleport anywhere. 
in the metaverse. You can just appear, right? It's not, there's no physical constraints. So most likely, I mean, this is completely theoretical, but it's not difficult to imagine a world that's organized by interest. So you have these interest groups that are building cities in their own interest. So if you've got people who are really interested in math and science, you could actually have a math and science city where instead of Katy Perry giving the concert, it's, you know, some theoretical physicist who's giving a presentation and these people are interested in that and they buy the space in that and then they market to those groups. So then different companies are, are appealing to those different interest groups or psychographic segmentations as opposed to demographics. Absolutely. I mean, what, another thing that's kind of interesting about, about this is there's probably going to be no minimum division of space. So like, I could walk up to Mason in the metaverse and I could have a grain of sand on my finger. And within that grain of sand could be anything. It could hold the entire metaverse within it. Mm. So we're not going to be like, we're not going to be really constrained by space either. We're not going to be constrained by time. We're not going to be constrained by space. Like my home could be in my pocket. It could be on a strand of my hair. Most likely it's not going to have like, a physical representation, you know, right. but like, it's just the place that I rest, I guess, or like, like, I, I guess this is an interesting thing to consider. What will home look like well, in the metaverse? To be honest with you, well, before that, an interesting fact is, is that virtual real estate has kind of started to take off and yeah. residential real estate has started to take off. In March, 2021, there was a, a sale of a home, a digital home called the Mars House, and it was really the world's first digital home. They, they, they sold it for 500 grand. Yeah. So do, is there home for, you know, digital avatars? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that I would need a home. I would more just go to the metaverse to walk around and experience. Yeah, things. exactly. I, w- I would want a place to store my data. Yeah. And store my, store things that I find valuable, I guess. And you could look at that as kind of kind of like a home, but I don't think that you'll wake up in you're not gonna like wake up in the metaverse, walk down your stairs to your kitchen and make yourself a cup of coffee in the metaverse. No, a home will, uh, the home will look different. Yeah, because the reason why you would want a home is to have a private, secure place yes. to interact with your friends that yeah, people can't like that. break into. Yeah. Right. So maybe you have to have certain cryptographic codes or permission or whatever that is in order to get into the home and hear what those users are talking about. And and it's like a library. Yeah. It's, well, it's going to be fundamentally different than, than what you would imagine. Like it's not going to have a coffee maker. It's not going to have a bed. Like why does it need this stuff? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't need that stuff. So I think that it's, it's just going to be a different conception of these things. It's just not going to be the 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 typical concept of a home is going to be very different it's going to be it's going to be a social place where people can go and users can invite their friends to congregate yeah and if that's in a cool location that has value so if it's overlooking the mall and everybody can see you and your friends in you know from the mall partying and whatever everybody wants to be there that's valuable real estate because yes. they're like who is that person yeah Im- imagine there's like different pricing tiers so like you've got this mall, which is like our central focus, right? 
might not be a mall, might be anything, you know, yeah. who knows. But you, you've got the central mall, central courtyard. And imagine there's different like pricing tiers where if you want your your space where you and your friends congregate, right? If you want that to like be overlooking the mall, maybe one pricing tier is you guys can see the mall and it's super cool. You know, you get to watch everybody show off their new clothing that they've designed or, you know, demonstrate, share knowledge, you know, stuff like that. So you, you get to watch this and you, you get like very close access to it. Maybe that's one pricing tier. The next pricing tier is people from the mall can see you. Mm-hmm. So then you're able to build clout or, you know, social status from being seen in close proximity to this, like, to like the center of the world, right. to the center of focus or the center of focus in your specific subdomain or whatever. And there's just a lot of very interesting possibilities for how this manifests and what it looks like. And a lot of it is oriented around, in terms of value, it's oriented around scarcity and status. Scarcity, status, and creativity. Mm-hmm. What, you, what you are able to build and what you are able to contribute. And I, I think a, a big part of that will come with uh, curation. Because in a world where there is abundance, it's not about having the most it's about having a curated selection of be it experiences or resources knowledge whatever it is it it all comes down to having that that curated selection yeah yeah and so and speaking of curated and and having access to those things right like clubs are probably going to be a big thing in the metaverse. Clubs are going to be huge. Where people are going to want to go and and you're probably going to have a lot of interest-based clubs where, you know, members from all over the world can just go into the portal. So you're going and you're meeting all these people and you're paying probably exorbitant amounts of money to, you know, meet people, yeah. make connections, do these types of things. Well, yeah, there there will be different pricing tiers for everything. Like, I mean, there there's the dating section oh of the metaverse where you pay a little bit more and you get access to the the next floor up, you know, mm-hmm. where it's which is filled with other people who are paying more. You know, it's it's whatever. I think something that just occurred to me, I think one one of the only scarce things in the metaverse will be it's it's gonna sound weird, but souls. Mm. Yeah. Like individual consciousnesses are going to be one of the only like items of scarcity. And so I think that's where that's where value is going to arise is around around people and around people's consciousnesses. I don't even know if that's a word, but people's consciousnesses because you'll be able to create the coolest couch that could ever exist. You know, you you can copy this stuff, and like it's going to be very cheap to have beautiful furniture. Yes. A, yeah. a palace, you know, you have a, a like a palace and like, yeah, you can carry a palace with you in your pocket in this right. world, you know, and time, you're going to be able to go back in time. You're going to be able to go forward to potential, you know, based on probability, like. Well, the thing about, I don't see, I think time is also scarce time, because of the time is scarce. Yeah. Yeah. Cause time is where, but okay. Get this. What if souls are able to inhabit different times? 
Well, so I think like the, the concept of the metaverse is that it has to be persistent. Yes. So everything's live. So if you see somebody walking around in the metaverse, that person is actually walking around in real time. Well, what if you, so the metaverse, I'm assuming we have, let's assume insane computing power, all this stuff. You should be able to rewind it and go back to, so it's, it's like when you go to a website and it's like, like look at the Wayback machine machine to see like what this sure. website was like, you know, at a certain time. It could be the same kind of thing. We're able to like rewind and it's like, okay, let's see what happened on day one of the mall. Yeah. You know, you probably can do that, but you can't interact with the people because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that wouldn't make sense. No, but, but you'd be able to be an observer. Sure. You right? could observe, you could, you, you could absolutely observe. Yeah. You'd be an observer, but I think then that's where your consciousness would be. So you could, so you would have like, all of the souls, for lack of a better term, would be spread out in space and time because not everybody would be focused in the present. Mm-hmm. Some people would be like reviewing the past, you know, going right. over like, honestly, it depends on what you're in- interested in, you know? Do you think that they could go into the future? I don't know if they could, at least right away. You'd have to have some pretty sophisticated algorithms in order to do that. Yeah, I think that it's too probably there's too many variables, but I think that you'd be able to go into projections of the future. I think there'd be systems that would be able to look at trends and say, okay, you know, five years from now, it's probably going to look like this, or we guess. And you'd be able to look at it and say, like, run programs, different algorithms that would say, like, yeah, the world's probably going to look like this in forecasting. Things. Yes, yeah, exactly. And some forecasting is going to be probably pretty accurate, some stuff's not accurate. But imagine you are speculative and you're an investor and you're like, where do I want to invest? Probably, you know, it might be like some kind of digital token, but it'll probably be like, where do I want to invest? What skills do I want to invest in learning? Mm -hmm. What do I want to create? And you'd be able to run projections or yeah, run future projections and say, okay, in a year's time, maybe everybody's going to be interested in table tennis. So I'm going to get really good at that. You know, I'm going to become, I'm going to learn all about the history and all this kind of stuff so that when everybody is interested in table tennis, Mm -hmm. I will be the world expert in table tennis. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be able to gain all this status because I know about it and I'm good at it and all this kind of stuff. I think, I think that's where projections could really come into play. But the, the key thing I think about the metaverse is that there's an undeniable present in the metaverse. And that's where yeah, the majority the, yeah, of people the are cutting going. edge for sure. Yeah. Like there's, there's, there is the present and it's, everybody can agree that this is the present. I don't think the metaverse works unless people are saying, Hey, this is what's happening right now. Live in the metaverse. It, I can go yeah. back in time. I can go into the futures and check it out. Yep. See where things might be going, see what happened. Yep. But, and maybe, you know, there's going to be certain things in the metaverse where like you can't get access to past elements of time. Like if you and I were in a private conversation in my house that was cryptographically secure, somebody going back in time could would, yeah, would not yeah, well they wouldn't have permission. They wouldn't have permission. Yeah. So there only you'd only be able to go back into the the past of the the public domain. Or or whatever you have access to. That just led me to think about like law and like crime. Privacy. And like a crime that was you know, committed in the metaverse. And then there's like a jury that goes back and reviews the history of the incident 
Right. That's just wild. That is wild. Wild to think total about. Total evidence of things that happened not in that private room. The thing is, there's a lot of things that can't happen. Like theft can't happen because they could hard code things yeah. where that couldn't happen. Murder couldn't happen because you can't actually kill somebody. Yeah. So you you know, they could they could constrain things that way. You, you know it'd be a wild this yeah, you know you know it'd be a crazy metaverse like crime maybe this would be like but okay let's let's imagine so souls are, souls are scarce right and the attention of these of the players of the people in the metaverse is a scarcity i wonder if people are going to compete for attention by other from like from the souls from from the people so you're going to like craft a world that people want to live in, and I wonder if there's going to be like like different like not like battles, you know, right? Where somebody's like, I mean, you've got the Republican, <laughs> yeah, you you you've got the Republican metaverse, you've got the Democrat metaverse, and like they're run by two different figures, so like. You're living in Donald Trump's metaverse where this is like, he says, this is the way that things should work. This is how people should interact. And then you've got the Joe Biden metaverse where he's like, this is where people should live. And this is how people should interact. And like, I wonder if people are going to fall into different camps and if there's going to be like polarity there. Well, I think that the, the, I think you're right. I think that people are going to organize themselves because they're going to say, look, space is not a limitation here. Yeah. So, transportation is not a limitation. I can go anywhere I want to go. Where do as I long, want to As live? long as you have permissions. Yeah, as and, long as you have and, permissions. And, and maybe you have to like, imagine to get into the Trump metaverse, for example, mm -hmm. you have to pledge your loyalty. Sure. And you have to say, I'm going to vote for you in the upcoming metaverse election for who gets to make decisions on- He would love <laughs> the this. direction. Yeah. He, if he's listening, he will- Take your idea and and, and run with and it. put his his metaverse would have his name everywhere. It would be gold. It would be, yeah. It would all be gold buildings and have his name everywhere. Yeah. But I but I think more than that, the the world is going to organize itself out of interest groups. Yeah. For so, sure. and I think that there there very well could be gated communities where oh there will be there will be yeah. where if you want to live in this let's just call it a city right. If you want to live in the city, you have to pay this much. You can't just travel here. You can't just take guests here. Yeah, it's a very nice proprietary. There's rules. You can't take screenshots of it. You can't. Yeah, it's very private. Yeah, I think that. I think the currency will be related to. So very, in an abstract sense, I think you will gain currency by adding value. And value alone. So like, and I, and I think value will value will be related to curation and creativity. Mm -hmm. I think probably mm -hmm. uh, mostly. So if you are contributing to the system, then you will be rewarded with tokens, which you can then use to gain access That's to right. different levels. That you can you, level up. Yeah, exactly. And there is going to be a hierarchy that emerges. No question about it. There will yeah. be. 
because that's just the nature of human society. This is going to be so awesome. It's going to be crazy, <laughs> man. And so one thing, if you're interested in real estate, which I know that a lot of my buddies are, you know, in real estate, there is a metaverse REIT real estate investment trust, which is out there. It's a crypto investor group that is making investments in digital real estate. They're going out there, they're buying these properties in various projects. So there are existing metaverse projects. There's one I've actually played around with it. It's it's a game. It's called Decentraland. And it's it's all rooted in this this it's a cryptocurrency, but basically kind of like what you you're saying, you get points for building buildings. Yeah. You earn tokens that way. By contributing. Exactly. By contributing to the society. And then you can buy property. You can do different things. So there's a number of these metaverse type projects out there that are, that are decentralized currently. And, now, and yeah, these things exist, albeit in a primitive form, I'm exactly. sure. But they do exist. Yeah, it's kind of like the Decentraland. I've played the game. It's really trippy to do it because there's there are live people in the game. That's crazy. It's very weird, and you can <laughs> talk to them, and you can you yeah. know you see them, and there's cities and whatever, which is where some of these REITs are currently buying property. Now, is that Decentraland going to actually be what the metaverse is? I personally don't think so. I think that it's going to be led by these major tech companies. It's got to be. It's got to be. Because because it's all based around computing power and they have the computing power. Exactly. And so they're going to build like, you know, I think another area that you're going to see these things, and you mentioned it earlier, is work. So with COVID, obviously everybody's working remote now. So what are they going to do? They're going to create digital campuses. And yeah. I think that that's incredibly valuable for a company to say, hey, here's our digital campus. You can walk around. If you see somebody in the hallway, you can talk to them. It's a, it's a social place. Exactly. It's a place for people to socialize, exchange ideas, and commune with Right on whiteboards. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to have to have access to these spaces. Yes. You know? And so you are going to want, to, you're still going to want to work at different companies. It's still going to be difficult to gain access. So like a lot of these dynamics aren't going to change, except when you walk into your office, you can have a copy of the entire metaverse within your office. Right. You know? And what's crazy to think about, because a lot of times I think that we, you know, my brain tends to jump to like a simulation that looks like The Sims. Like, sure. oh yeah, okay, I'm, I'm I work for Apple and I'm walking around Apple's headquarters in the virtual world and yeah. it looks like The Sims. Well, who's to say that at some point it doesn't become as real looking as like actually physically being in the office? Yes, agreed. I I, I do I do agree with that. It, I think at a certain point we're going to drift away from even having like human representations. I, I think at the beginning, our avatars are going to look like vaguely human. And I think at a certain point, we're going to be like, like, what's the point of having legs? I mean, right. like we, we can fly. So right. like, why, why do I need these legs? You know, and it's like, I can control stuff with my mind. Why do I need these arms? You right. know, and we might just become these little balls of light floating around or whatever. Blobs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that makes me, I, I, I would push back on that because the only reason why I would is because our brains are programmed genetically to yeah. recognize the human being. Yeah. And like, for instance, we like the way that 
dogs look sure more than we like the way that rats look yeah. and scientists say that the reason why is because dogs look more similar to humans mm. than rats do yeah i hope so and that's <laughs> yeah and that's why we don't like bugs because bugs are like a whole bugs other, are different yeah they're just like what the hell is that and dogs were like no you're kind of human we humanize them, we you're, name you're, them. Pre you're pretty close <laughs> yeah yeah so like okay if you're in the metaverse everybody's going to want to look beautiful. But what, but what if you A-B test it to the point where we are just blobs, right? You might. And, it, and it's like these beautiful, like like the Northern Lights. You yeah. know, it, it's something like captivating or like the flames of a fire, you know? That's what we end up looking like because that's more captivating, you know, than the specifically like human representation. Right. And I don't think that happens there's not going to be day one of the metaverse. The metaverse day one of the metaverse was like the day the internet was created, right? But at the beginning, I think it's going to be more human. And then as it progresses, the need for it to be a close representation of our world is going to fade. And you know that actually brings me to something that I'm I'm very curious about is what happens to our world, like what happens to physical reality, there's going to be, I mean, we're going to live in both for a while, I think. And I think we're still going to pop into the metaverse, you know, assuming it is like a, like a virtual space, um, we'll hop in and we'll do our thing, you know, but then we'll still get out and we'll exercise, we'll eat, you know, we'll go on a hike, we'll hang out with friends in like the real world, you know, but then at a certain point, I think more and more people are just going to stop participating in the real world. There's going to be products that serve them and enable them to stop participating in the real world. Maybe it'll start where, hey, you want to be able to eat your lunch without having to leave the metaverse. metaverse? Yeah, here's a feeding tube, you know? Yeah. And you want to not have to stop and go to the bathroom? That sounds like a pretty big, I mean... For anybody who's played extensive video games, it's kind of a pain in the ass to have to get up and go to the bathroom, mm -hmm. you know? So things like this, there's going to be products, I think, pretty quickly created to allow people to spend more time in the metaverse. And I think quicker than any of us are comfortable with, I think there's going to be a group of people who spend all of their time in the metaverse. I think that's right. And hopefully those people live underground I, that's where I would put it. Right? Dude, that that would be great. How, how awesome, right? I mean, we're, we're looking at things that are going to stop climate change and stop pollution. These people aren't going to be polluting, mm -mm. you know? They're not going to be emitting as much CO2. They're not going to be consuming, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's going to be a far less, there's going to be far less of an environmental impact. And... Is all going to be by choice. It's not going to say, you got to go into the metaverse. You can't live on the surface land, you know, but it's just going to be for like the people that want to live above ground, yes. people that want to participate in the world, the people that are willing to get sunburned, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't see why they would be above ground. Why would they take up real estate? Exactly. If they're like, and eh, no, I just want to live in the metaverse. I'm just going to go to the bunker yeah. where everything's compartmentalized. I have my cube and I'm just, yeah. I, I'm just chilling. I get all my needs taken care of by this metaverse, you know? And if, and if you do come out of the metaverse, you look at your wall and it's a beautiful natural representation because it's all augmented reality anyway. 
it's kind of like uh, a good representation is in the movie Cloud Atlas, where it looks like they're overlooking this beautiful futuristic city, but they're pretty much just in a concrete box because right. they're just representations on the wall, you yep. know? And if this metaverse can exist, then that can definitely exist. I think it's it's a completely reasonable forecast for what might happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I, I don't... Unless we, like, fail as a species and we stop developing our technology because this technology, it doesn't happen naturally. It takes a lot of effort by a lot of people over a very long period of time to make this happen. I think that we look at the technological trajectory over the last 60 years and we say, oh, this is natural. This just happens. But I don't think that's the case. I think we have to work hard to continue to push this forward and we need to take very concrete steps to ensure that we do continue to develop our technology. It's not something that's just going to happen. But if there's like nuclear holocaust or something and we aren't able to do this, I see basically if technology continues to develop, I don't see that not happening. Right. I think I, I, I agree with you yeah. completely. It's hard for me to imagine anything else happening, assuming that we continue to develop our technology. It's hard for me to imagine how, though, in the physical world, this doesn't, the, the let's just call it the meta, metaverse life support company. Yeah. It's not a bunker because the whole point would be, number one, you're actually solving some functions for society. So you're, by, by putting everybody underground that wants to live full-time in the metaverse, you're in, in a protective bunker. So yeah. you're, so if there is a nuclear holocaust or if there is some sort of fallout that happens where, you know, the ap apocalyptic type things happen, that those folks are preserved. Yeah. They can go up uh, above ground. They're not taking up any of the space. And to be honest, they'll probably like they it's easy to imagine a world where there where those people live longer too yeah. than people who are running around on the surface, expending energy, doing all this kind of stuff because you can have perfectly optimized care for yes. your physical body includes exercise. If it needs it, all yep. this different kind of stuff, it's easy to imagine it going wrong mm -hmm. and having a bunch of like really sick people, but that goes against the notion of having more people to play the game. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, play, and play the game for longer. What do you think? What do you think the effect on sex will be? Well, so we, obviously the human species will need to procreate. Yeah. So maybe, well, yeah, perhaps not, but I think that... Test tube babies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might. Genetically specific. People who are genetically created, they're genetically edited through like CRISPR and stuff to exist in this metaverse. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, they might. I mean, I think that, I think that people are going to have to come to a decision yeah. whether they want to live in the metaverse or how they want to live in the physical universe. And what yeah. is their relationship with the metaverse? Like... Some people are going to make the decision to go underground. Yeah. Some people are going to make the decision, hey, I actually want to live part-time in the metaverse and part-time in the physical reality. And some people are going to say, hey, I don't want anything to do with the metaverse. Sure. And I think there's going to be people who, by no fault of their own, end up drifting into the metaverse. And then one day they're like, holy fuck, I haven't left my house in a year. Yeah. 
and then they quit it. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be metaverse, metaverse quit support groups up on the surface. And there's going to be people like, like Amish or something who go back to living in traditional ways and they don't participate in the, in the metaverse. And, you know, they, they live a very traditional lifestyle up on the surface and anything you can imagine probably will end up existing. I would imagine. Yeah. There's going to be a spectrum. There's going to be a gradation of, yeah. Yeah. You know, people and how they interact with the metaverse. And, and I think that that ties back to like procreation. Like there's going to be some people who are anti this, which makes a lot of sense. Oh, for sure. I think that personally, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll go into the metaverse from time to time. And, you know, I, I will probably work in the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. Work in the metaverse. And I'll, I'll probably work in the metaverse and I'll probably half of my entertainment will probably be in the metaverse. Yeah. You know? Entertainment in the metaverse. I, I think I love food and I don't know if we're, I don't know how the food is going to be in the metaverse. I don't know how that's going to work. It probably won't work super well. Mm-hmm. I don't think <laughs> I, so. I think in terms of the five senses, I think the two things that the two senses that are going to um, pervade the metaverse most uh, prominently are going to be sound and light. Mm-hmm. I think the metaverse is going to be a world of sound and light. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that sensation is going to have much of a place in terms of like physical touch. I feel my coffee cup and I feel the weight of it. Right. Um, and I can taste my coffee and this is how it feels to, you know, take a bite of pasta. Mm-hmm. I don't think that stuff's going to have much of a place in the metaverse, but sound, sound and light. Light. Yeah. yeah. Which is wild because if you look at descriptions of like heaven mm-hmm. or these higher planes of existence, they're almost all characterized by sound and light only. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there aren't ancient reports of how the of how heaven smells. Right. It's of the light. It's the way that it looks. It's the choirs. It's all sound and vision, mm. which kind of interesting. Yeah, and I mean, it is interesting. The name metaverse literally means a higher level of of yeah. existence. It's an, it's versus, an abstraction. I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's it's an addition, additional layer, an extra. I mean, if you're looking at other dimensions, this is going to be a different dimension that you're able to step into. We are creating an extra dimension and you are going to be able to step in and live in this extra dimension. Mm -hmm. And we're going to straddle from the physical world to this extra dimension for a while, but there's going to be people who fall on either side. But I think that the general trajectory of development of consciousness on this planet is going to continue primarily in the metaverse. Yeah. And I think, I think it will, it will. And okay. So what are you as, as people living in 2021, how are we supposed to approach this? How are we supposed to think about this? How are we supposed to get ahead in a world that is going this direction? I think one of the big things is number one, pay attention to it. Yeah. Research, understand, especially if you're in real estate or you're interested in real estate, like what is going on in this space? Find people who know because this thing's going to happen. Yeah. Find people who know what's going on in the space. Read about the metaverse read. Read about these types of things. Read about some of the projects that are going on. Decentraland and other projects. I they're escaping me, but there's an, a, a handful of these kind of metaversal 
projects that are creating kind of Sims-like worlds. Yeah. First step is get engaged. Second step is add value. Yeah. Start, yeah. start creating. Start doing stuff. Start. So learn and then start contributing. Yes. Yeah. Contribute to it and understand, hey, what does solving problems for it, yeah. I think, is another thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, what What do they need? And then a lot of things are going to translate over into the metaverse. So if you work for a brand or you work for whatever that is, there's a lot of things that you can do right now to start engaging with this. For instance, in-game advertising is yeah. blowing up right now because pe- people are basically, if you think about games in the growth of games and i don't know how much you've been paying attention to gaming's growth but it's astronomical and a lot of that comes from it's funny kate and i were talking about this last night there's been kind of a plateau in movie making like if you watch a movie from 2005 yeah. and you watch it now it looks new like the, pretty much the same thing yeah, yeah the storytelling is kind of leveled off and people are saying hey i want more yeah and so in-game advertising is happening right now. You can capitalize on the metaverse through impressions now. Absolutely. If you're an artist, start doing digital concerts. Get ahead of this now because it's going to happen. Yeah. It's kind of like, imagine you're a colonist. Exactly. It's, this is, this is the new world. Yeah. And instead of hanging out in Europe and watching everybody else go over and, you know, work in America Go over, get involved, start buying up land. Buy land in Times Square because right now it's cheap. Absolutely. But yeah, so figure out, that's the next thing is figure out where the hotspots are. Thing is you don't know where Times Square is going to be. Exactly. But but, where people say it is now is probably not where it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Right now they're in Jamestown and they haven't really hit, you know, Manhattan yet. Yeah. But they're going to hit Manhattan. So sooner or later. Yeah. Pay attention to it, and when you when you see it, be ready to just go in and say, yeah, I want to buy that property, or yeah, I want to build this music venue here. I want to build a, I want to, or even think about it in terms of your interest group, because I do think that that's how people are going to organize themselves, just looking at the internet. Like, the internet has a bunch of interest groups. Yeah. But it's organized around that. Like, certain people with psychographic tendencies will all huddle around a particular website and you can find where they hang out on the internet. And so I think it's gonna be the same thing. So, okay, how can you lead, how can you start that city group yeah. or that club? Yeah. Like that's going to be incredibly valuable. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think building clubs right now, like people that do have online digital clubs or like clubhouse, for instance, like, these guys have an advantage here or discord. Like these discord groups are basically going to go into the metaverse. And so build those communities now because you can always dovetail those into the metaverse. Yeah. If you have a ready made community, it's going to be Huge. a great transition into the metaverse. Huge. Yeah. I'm, I am, I'm excited for where this is all heading. It's invigorating to imagine where that's going to go. And then when you overlay that against all the other stuff that we've talked about, DAOs and, you know, NFTs and, and, you know, all those things, it starts to kind of add up. Yeah. It all starts to make sense. I really got the sense when I was reading this PDF, it just connected a lot of dots for me. And it was like, how did I, how did I not see it that way before? You know, I was always kind of aware of it, 
but I wasn't, I, I wasn't aware of how much it's already starting to take shape, you know? Yeah. And definitely for everybody listening, definitely read the PDF. Yeah, definitely. Because there's great visuals with the PDF that actually brings some of this stuff to life. Like when it, when they talk about the metaverse workforce, they have really great visual representations of what that might look like. Like what would a virtual office campus look like? They, they actually have some pretty compelling images from companies that are innovating in the space. Yeah, seeing visual representations just help you understand concepts better. So, I mean, it was, it was great for me to see that stuff just, just because it got my mind moving in the right direction. One of the things that I am excited about is all of the money that's flowing into this space. I mean, you look at NFTs and all the prices. The people who make and trade the NFTs are the ones who are making all this money, and what do you think they're going to do with it? They are they are going to invest it in this space. Yes, you know. So there's going to be going to be tremendous dollars that flow in this direction. So if you want to get wealthy, go in this direction. You know, you want to set yourself up for the future, go in this direction. Dude, I just had a fun thought. What with the limited constraints where resources are abundant in yeah. the metaverse, and let's say that you could build something so realistic that it's f- almost as the equivalent of reality. Yes. What does the theme park experience become? Probably like what we're experiencing right now. There's unlimited thing. It, it will, and it, but it would be completely different too, because like you could have Jurassic park, yeah, real life Jurassic park, not yeah. like, you know, the Jurassic park ride at universal studios. It would be like, here is the, a, AI generated, they go through the genome of some of these fossils and they rebuild it and they build it in the metaverse and you can literally look and interact with a stegosaurus or, or a T-Rex or whatever the hell it is. Bro, you can be a stegosaurus. Yeah, you could be a stegosaurus if you want to. Imagine what we're experiencing now in this world. Imagine this is just a class. Imagine the metaverse already exists, but this is just a class. This is a primer on how the metaverse came to exist. Mm-hmm. Kind of wild. Yeah, it is, man. It's where creativity, I think, is going to explode. Oh, yes. Because another generation, like new things, creation, this is where creation is going to happen because we have this new, new dimension, this new plane where we're going to be able to create endlessly to our heart's delight. It's the new world. Yeah. And I heard, I read a stat that, or a chart or something, and I don't know where it was, but coding is starting to get increasingly done by artificial intelligence yeah. rather than human hands. Yeah. So in the future, in the metaverse, I don't think you're going to have to know how to code in order to create. Oh, no. You're going to have to yeah. know how to use your imagination yeah. and communicate that to something that a machine that can code. I mean, look at what we do now. All the stuff that we create in the virtual digital world that already does exist on our computers mm-hmm. and our smartphones. How much coding do we do? Not very much. Not a lot. We have a ton of tools that help us out yes. with it. You know, All of these tools that we use in order to perform the functions that these tools perform for us, 30 years ago, you would have had to have known how to code. Yes. But now you don't. You don't. You don't. And, and you're, you're not going to. 
yeah. in the metaverse no. to create. It's going to be as simple as using your imagination yeah. to dream up what you want to do. Having an understanding of how it all functions, I think, is important as well, because then you understand different constraints. But overall, yeah, it's not like it's not. It's not like you're going to hop into the matrix with where it's going to be black with a bunch of green, you know, zeros and ones. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like that. I wonder if. And sorry, this is a slight change in direction. Sure. But like, okay, so you're a you're a band, right? You can own your own music venue. Yeah. So. All of a sudden, you're, let's just call it Odessa or Rufus Dissel, big EDM artist. You could build your own arena. Yeah. You could build your own light show. Yeah, you've, you've got your own world. And you control it, and you sell tickets around that, and people can come to your experience yeah. and ex- experience that. I think continually, these experiences are going to be like procedurally generated, and what the artists build is, are more of the algorithms. So yeah. you have a world, you have an, you have Odessa planet, right? And there's different areas you can go and experience and the songs, they'll go on forever. Right. Because they're generative algorithms that are creating the music. It's not a 30 second chunk. But they could be live events where, okay, Odessa Well, they are going to be live is yeah. the thing. They're, I think they're constantly going to be tweaking these things you know but 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 i i I do i do see what you're saying where like odessa is giving a concert yeah you go go and you see the members Mm -hmm. and And then there's the box yeah yeah yeah. passes the whole thing yep and then and then what there could be too is all around that stadium the external spots the bars or whatever the hell it is is the the brands that associate with that artist. Yeah, what are what are brands going to look like? Because I, it's easy to think like Coca-Cola, Starbucks, right? But those guys, first of all, they're food brands. Food's yeah. not going to exist in the metaverse. I mean, like it, like, it, might, like it does now. But yeah, exactly. Food doesn't exist on the internet. You don't have an sure. experience of eating. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think you're going to have like food, food brands. Yeah, I think you're going to have brands that add value, you yeah. know, maybe research and analytic brands mm-hmm. or creative brands or, yeah. you know, brands that organize your files or fucking whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe it'd be people selling experiences where you're walking up to the Odessa concert and you look over and there's, an experience of Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So something, two things. One, I think that owning the algorithms for creating certain art or furniture or whatever, mm-hmm. I think those are going to be important. Yes. I think that's going to be more important than owning the end copy. I think if you own the algorithm and you have possession, you own the IP for the algorithm, I think that's going to be the best thing to yeah. own in the metaverse hands down, far more important than owning the actual end product. But that's a side note. And then secondly, I wonder what time dilation is going to look like. Like imagine you're walking up to the Odessa concert and you see the experience, the Jurassic Park experience off the left, and they promise you, you only lose a second of Mm. 
real time by going and experiencing this. So you walk over there, you say, yep, I'm going to do this. You pay for it. You get sucked in. You get a two-hour experience of Jurassic Park, but the amount of real time that passes is only a second. Mm. So then you pop out, back at the Odessa concert, you cruise over and watch it, and it was just like a little tidbit. It was, right. it was, it was just a bit of entertainment. Mm. So I wonder if we're going to be able to dilate time and provide lifetimes of experience mm. within a few seconds of yeah, real that world I don't time. Know. Because I think that the metaverse has to be persistent. Like this yeah. is something that Wonderman Thompson discusses yeah. a lot is like time has to flow. But just because flows. it flows slowly, right. you know? So like, what, what is time? Time is like you're watching the movement of things in the world, mm -hmm. right? If you could speed that up, mm -hmm. then you'd be able to cover more ground. Sure. And imagine you drop into one of these worlds it's a sped up world, mm -hmm. but as long as like our brains, I guess, are able to process the experience, then we'll be able to consume and experience more content. That is a whole nother level of trippiness. Yeah. This whole thing is kind of like <laughs> a technology induced acid trip. Yeah. Is what it sure. seems like. I mean, it, it, it very much is. It's like you are, you're tripping when yeah. you're in the metaverse, uh, you're tripping hard. Those are the visuals I have, yeah. you know. For sure. This is from Wonderman Thompson on what they think for brands is going is to happen. Because they are a research company, they've really thought about what, what are brands going to look like and how are they going to interact in the metaverse. So I'll just read you what their kind of analysis is. And they basically, basically have a section that says... <clears throat> What does this mean for brands? Well, they say brands will need to be a part of the digital third spaces that are pulling people's time and attention, which you kind of mentioned earlier, because people aren't just socializing digital spaces. They're working, shopping, and discovering products there too. So there is a space for the brand. There is a space, according to one man Thompson, for products. Now, are those mm. products food products? Probably not. Probably not. But what are the products? Those could be, those could be tools. Yeah. All sorts of different types of tools. You know, in the beginning stages where most people do kind of straddle time or they split their time between the physical world based reality that we know and the, the metaverse, I think that there will be a lot of space for Coca-Cola to advertise mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, it could be because you leave the metaverse at a certain point and when you walk down to the store, you're like, oh yeah, I saw that ice cream company in the metaverse. They had a pretty cool demonstration. I'm going to try the product. You well, know? and that's what the brands are doing right now with video yeah. games. Oh Agre well, yeah. And, or Instagram or yeah. whatever, you know, mm -hmm. these, basically any way that we interact with the internet is a rudimentary form of the metaverse. Yes. So here's what else they say. To meaningfully engage with consumers in the metaverse, brands will need to think beyond entertainment and novelty. How can you, meaning the brand, contribute to the creation of an inclusive and ethical virtual world? How can you add value? Mm -hmm. And then they say, what happens in the virtual world will have real life consequences, right? Because, okay, yeah, you see something happen, that happened in the virtual reality, but it's still reality. It's still, yeah. you're still dealing with time and attention 
And so that could, you know, that could have consequences for a brand and it could change the way physical products are tested, manufactured and sold. Ah, yeah, definitely. You would probably be able to judge appeal and the market reacts to a certain product and how well it's going to sell by releasing it in the metaverse. And then it works there. So you're like, all right, yeah, you know, this is going to transfer well. I'm going to invest in manufacturing. Right. And mm. they, they already have networks like that to a certain degree right now. Like there are consumer networks that will pay you to try new products and give feedback on certain products yeah. and answer questions about products. And that's just going to come to life even more in the metaverse, which is fascinating. Yeah. The next thing that they say is, do you, meaning brand, want to contribute to the functional and technical creation of the metaverse? There you go. Or do you want to focus on how you and your consumers exist within it? So like brands taking less of a consumerism approach and more of an active creativity approach. Yep. Creativity or curation, I think. Yeah. Met, yeah. You become a, a metaverse developer yourself. Yeah. Your company organizes itself to create a an, an experience. If you're the if you're Vans, right? If that's your brand that you own, you're going to build a skate park, or you're going to yeah. work on things where you can give your people an experience, a tour of historical moments in California skateboarding. Exactly. Yeah, like some sort of experience that yeah. people appreciate and want to interact with. And so all of a sudden, it's it's interesting because in that sense, for brands, you actually become more of like a Red Bull, where you're yeah. moving into these spaces that are more experiential. Yes, you have these underlying products, but pe- people might pay Vans to go to the Vans uh, skateboard experience or the Vans skate park or the competitions or whatever that may be. Yeah, whatever that is that they provide. Yeah. Hmm. So it becoming like Red Bull for a brand, which I think that you're seeing a lot more brands kind of expanding beyond just, hey, we sell products. It's more, hey, we create and and, and um, curate experiences. And we are associated with these experiences. And a specific people that's attracted to those experiences. Yes. And so if you are this kind of person who likes to do this thing, then you are associated with our culture. That's right. So with co- brands like Coca-Cola, they don't really have much, they're iconic and they're huge yeah. and whatever, but they don't have, this. there's not a Coca-Cola culture. No, there's no, there's a Red Bull culture. Yes. And there's a mindset associated with it. Absolutely. And they appeal to a certain type of person. And I think that that's where brands are going. That's why meaning when you look at Gen Z and how much they care about meaningful brands, yeah. it's, it's remarkable how much they do. And that's why having a meaningful brand that cultivates a specific mindset or or result that's desirable for people and then it builds community around that that's so important community and culture yeah that's so important mm-hmm. critically important and it's important now and will become increasingly important as we develop this whole metaverse that's right that's right and so yeah the branded experience is going to um be dramatically different than what you'd see now. I think that it's all going to be experiential driven rather than consumerist driven, which I think is a good, good thing. I think that's good as well. I mean, consumerism is not the greatest bad for the planet. It's not really good for, 
I mean, in the metaverse, you'll be able to consume as much as you want. You know, yeah. like we, we consume a ton of content from the metaverse already, you know, whether we're watching YouTube videos or scrolling through Instagram, you know, I wonder what Apple's place is going to be with this whole metaverse. I could see them being on the hardware side already. Like we use the iPhone to plug in to the metaverse as it currently exists. You know, I could see them continually doing that. Well, and you know that they're working on something. Well, I mean, if you look at the Apple watch and health, I think they're going to want to imagine it's, it's virtual. I think they're going to want to measure the health of the individuals that are connecting to the virtual world through their platform. And I think that'll be a service that they provide is they help keep you healthy. If you engage with the digital world through their product. So you might, if you, if you engage with the metaverse through Apple, you will be healthier mm-hmm. than if you engage with the metaverse through Samsung. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, Apple is human centered. Yeah. So Apple solves problems holistically. Steve Jobs's philosophy, and I don't know how much you know about Jobs or how he approached things, and it's pervasive throughout Apple's culture. So Apple, first of all, is very secretive. They are not allowed to talk about what they do it's just it's known that's why like remember when those iphone photos like leaked in like 2009 and it was a huge deal it's because apple is top secret they put people in bunkers and they say don't talk about your work yeah it's highly confidential work actually one of my buddies worked on the machine learning division of apple and he can't he he won't tell you anything he won't tell you anything they're not allowed to you know they're working on something the way that Apple oh, approaches yeah. things is they solve, they will not release a product unless the entire ecosystem is solved. That's so wild. Yeah. So they're, so yeah, that's what they're doing. Now, other companies don't, like Facebook doesn't. So, like, Facebook has Oculus and they're like yeah. tinkering. Apple is in a deep, dark hole trying to figure out the metaverse right now. And whether that's through glasses or implants or contact lenses, I have no idea. Yeah. But what they're not going to do is they're not going to just release g- their version of Google Glass. Yeah. It's going to have a full ecosystem around it that's ready for developers to come in and build out space. They're going to probably contract developers to already build space yeah, so that people can c- come in and just be like, yep, we're going into that metaverse. Apple is also big on providing tools to creators. Yep. I mean, if you look at any of their product releases, that's how they frame the marketing around the MacBooks or the iPhone. A lot of it is, if you're a creator, yes. this is what you can do with our products. So I could definitely see some of that continuing into this world as well. Yeah, and Apple's probably going to play a big role in the privacy of things. Yeah, for sure. You I mean, know. Who, where do you want to store your data what data warehouse do you want all your stuff to be kept in? You know, yep. right now I'd probably keep mine in Apple. You know, if somebody had just asked me right now, what would you do? No research or anything, but yeah, Apple, I guess. Yeah. You know, my personal data, I'm storing that with Apple. Yeah, definitely. My business stuff, probably Google. I'd probably allow Zoom to build my virtual office. <laughs> that's something that's interesting to think about Zoom. Yeah. Like with Zoom, people are always like, oh, why is Zoom valued what it is? Well, they, they, are 
looking at these things. Yeah. And they're saying, hey, how can we start pioneering the, the virtual office space? Yeah, imagine, imagine if Zoom was like Starbucks and you physically met up in these Zoom buildings to conduct business. Then it would be very easy to see why yeah. Zoom is valued the way it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the moral of the story is brands are going to evolve and brands are going to be less of a product that you sell and more of a mindset that you're going to engage with. Agreed. I wonder if car brands are going to make the transition because transportation in the metaverse, you're not going to happen in your metaverse car. I mean, you might just for fun or for an experience or something. Like, I wonder if Mercedes-Benz is going to make digital cars. And I mean, I'm sure they will. But are they going to be valuable? Is Mercedes-Benz going to be a brand in a hundred years? Mm-hmm. You know, or are they a large enough company at this point that they're going to find some way to pivot and engage? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's tricky because I don't think that it's going to serve the function that you want. I mean, basically, what you're going to be able to do in the metaverse is use like you know, that flu powder from Harry Potter where you yeah. like say where you want to go and you yeah. throw the powder and you show up. That's pretty much the metaverse is going to be like traveling. Yeah. So you're not going to need a car to go anywhere that you want to go. They might just stay a physical realm brand or their yeah. products themselves. And then they might do things like, you know, with Formula One, obviously they're engaged with, they run a team. So their team could have a community They'll have a presence in the metaverse. They just won't be selling cars. They already do. I mean, they have esports athletes, you know. So, I mean, they are like people competing in like F1 esports. They are metaverse athletes. That's right. Future, you know. That's right. And it's really easy to see how that translates to the metaverse. Yeah. And brands need to right now, like Benz and every large brand, Coke. They need to figure out what they stand for. They need to go full Red Bull. Yeah, they need to go Red Bull. They need to start yeah. curating a mindset and building a community around that mindset. You know, you know what's fascinating? I, I think Ben's, Ben's has, they have a really, really, really good status mindset, right? The community, the Mercedes-Benz community is, it's more existent than like the Coca-Cola community, yes. for example which is kind of fascinating with formula one right now and Mercedes and Red Bull battling it out in the championship. Right. That's, it's kind of fascinating that the two teams that are at the front have the two strongest brands, Mm -hmm. like the two strongest brands in the sports in the sport are the two most successful teams at this time. Brand is, which is, which is just fascinating. Well, because brand is becoming increasingly important. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. It's becoming shorthand for your identity. It's becoming shorthand for what you believe. 100%. I mean, you see someone wearing a certain jacket, people are able to make educated guesses about that person Yes, and they are then easier to interact with. So the way that you dress and what you do gives people cues about how they should engage with you which is a very important thing to do when you don't live in a small community that knows you. Exactly. Yeah, the power of brand. I mean, when you think about Zoom, like 
it's it's a very widely known brand. Brands have staying power. Brands have incredible meaning, and that meaning transcends everything. It can apply into any context, and it's why I think that purpose-built brands, brands that curate a mindset, brands that curate an identity, those are the companies that you want to invest in. Yeah. Those are the immortalized companies. Brands that are so focused on product are going to be commoditized at one point or another. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's fascinating. Like I'm thinking about Ferrari. Yep. Ferrari is an unbelievably strong brand. Mm-hmm. Ferrari, worldwide, everybody knows what Ferrari is, right? In Italy... If you follow Formula One, you'll like you'll know this already, but it's like a religion. Yeah. Ferrari is a religion in Italy. And it's it's easy to see how a brand like that would make the jump into the metaverse. For sure. And it's easy to see how Red Bull makes the jump into the metaverse. It's easy to see how Vans would make that jump. Yeah. It's easy to see how Patagonia would make that jump. It's easy to see how a lot of now brands that are so product focused. Samsung. Well, Honestly, I I might disagree with Patagonia a little bit there because they are, in my eyes, they're very cause focused. They're very environmental, environmentally centered, and I don't know if a brand that has the environment as their focus will do super well in the metaverse just because it's of a different world. Like the cause that they have built themselves around doesn't necessarily exist. Well, I think that that it it does. It mm-hmm. just depends. The, the question that it hinges on is: Do people care about the physical world in the metaverse? Yeah, my assumption is that they, that they will, and they could build. I mean, think about this: they could build um, an entire city, an entire community around sustainability. Yeah, and pa- that could extend into clean energy. If if I were Patagonia, <laughs> I would I would. Definitely keep like the sustainability aspect of everything, but I would really start developing the exploration mm-hmm. aspect and looking at Patagonia as this like far off mystical place, this world of like so, opportunity, a place where you can go explore this like place on the edge of the world that's untamed and wild. And you would be able to take that like ethos of the land of Patagonia and build that into the metaverse because the metaverse is this new land. I would build Patagonia. I would, yeah, I would take, I would go down to Patagonia and I would recreate it in the physical space and I would build a, an ecocentric community that builds in with the integrates with the land, integrates with the land beautifully. You can buy property there, but it's, you know, all, I would build my ideal, what they, I would build a prototype of what earth should look like. Yeah. And then they're doing (laughs) that to show people in the physical space. Here's how you could live. Do you want to do that? Do you want to build that in Patagonia? Let's do it. (laughs) All right, Patagonia, hire us. Let's go. Yeah. This is our formal application. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so much that you could do with that. I mean, think about that brand experience. You, you go to Patagonia land and it literally is a apples to apples projection of the Patagonia National Park 
and there's a community there. You can attend talks there. There's other affiliated brands, clean energy brands, things that people can learn there, people that you can meet, areas to congregate in a sustainable way. Yeah. I would love to live in the real world Patagonia. Right. Imagine we interact with the metaverse, all this great stuff, but we just have these beautiful homes that are integrated perfectly with the environment and these little perfect little eco communities, right? Little little utopian little villages, right? We go down and we live in Patagonia and then we plug into the metaverse and communicate with anybody anywhere on the planet and in the metaverse, right? You know? And then we pop out and, you know, can yeah, man. go cruise around and climb mountains or do whatever. It sounds ideal. It sounds awesome. Yeah, like like in in thinking about other brands that could translate into the yeah. metaverse. Adobe. You could see how Adobe could build creative land. Sure. You know, um, where they're developing all sorts of tools for creators. You could see how, you know, Rolex could build a very high end land, maybe even like a community. Yeah, you know, for sure. Like a like a like a residential like private club where people can go and experience each other and have cocktails or whatever the hell it is. Rolex would be the perfect name for that. Yeah. Like oh I'm heading over to Rolex. Mm-hmm. Like that's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. It's a club, you know. It's a club of people who are people who high net yeah. worth and I mean just imagine who wears a Rolex today. Exactly. That's, that that's the club. And that's what you identify with and you pay a monthly subscription to be in the club. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways that these things can manifest themselves in different ways. And maybe you have to own a Rolex in order to get into the Rolex club. Sure. So there's like these all, all these diamond clubs and you yep. know crazy loyalty. You, you you have to own a Ferrari to be able to get into the Ferrari club. How does Amazon play? Entertainment I think Amazon will, I don't think that they're going to, this is a, this is my uh, hot take, controversial opinion probably. I don't think that they're going to do super well in the metaverse. I think they're going to be very, 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 very strong in the physical world. I don't think that they're going to transfer all that well into the metaverse. I think they'll have a, I think they'll have a presence. Yeah but I don't think that they're going to be a huge player. I think the AWS is going to play a big part in the Oh, I completely story. forgot about AWS. <laughs> Those fuckers yeah. are so diversified. Yeah, yeah I, I completely forgot about, it, about AWS. Yeah, AWS is, I mean, going to be huge. Yeah, they're sure. going to they're yeah. crush it with AWS. But, yeah. but I think that you're right. Like, why do you need drone delivery? Yeah. Amazon, Amazon might be one of those physical brands. Yeah. We're like... Well, in terms of distributing food, all right, so we got a bunch of people living underground all over the planet. You have to handle the logistics of getting them nutrition and stuff. I think Amazon will handle that. I will not be partaking in Amazon's Metaverse life support program. <laughs> I will just not be. Jeff Bezos, I'm sorry, man. For, for the record. That's not <laughs> happening. I will uh, side with Apple on that one. Yeah, I, I, will, I will live in the Apple community. I don't want like Alexa asking me about all the new products that I want delivered to my house. Like you have a house that just has like a bunch of unopened Amazon packages that you bought in the metaverse, but you just never, Ooh, that's, that's freaky. Yeah. That is freaky. 
But yeah, the concept of brand in the metaverse is fascinating and intriguing. And I kind of love it being in the branding space. It kind of just, it's, it's everything that I've ever wanted to build yeah. from a brand. It, it's almost like what branding should be. Yes. You know, but you have to balance what branding should be with where it currently is at Yes, in today's world. But if you imagine it in the metaverse, it's kind of like what it should be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's just the, the, the shackles come off and brands have unlimited resources to do what they, to be the change that they want to be or to do the, the actions that they want to, you know, influence and I think it shows what's going to do great are brands that do c- create those communities. But like Samsung, LG, like these product fo- people that focus on their products are going to really struggle. Agreed. They, they're going to have to innovate. They're going to have to create very innovative products and tools, tools for people to use in the metaverse. Because do I need a LG monitor? in the metaverse? I don't think so. No, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't need it, but I might need a tool for editing a podcast or I might need a tool yeah. for, you know, creating music or whatever the hell it is. I wonder how different nations are going to engage with the metaverse. I wonder if we are going to have national identity hmm. in the metaverse. I wonder if, because we're accessing the metaverse through the United States, if there's going to be rules like, are we going to have to pay taxes on the metaverse, Mm. on on our capital gains in the metaverse, right? How's that all going to work? That is weird. Maybe we only pay taxes when we transition, we translate it back to the physical reality and we actually do something with it in the physical world. I don't know. Like, yeah. Like does your, what's it going to look like? Does your citizenship become, American Patagonian. Yeah, or or, or, <laughs> or or American Google or American Apple, right? Right. Based on where you based on where you store your data and I mean or, or are you just gonna pay tax to whoever has the processing power? Are you gonna yeah. pay tax to AWS? Is, is is that what that is? And then AWS I have no idea what well, it's gonna and, look like. Yeah, like I mean people say like decentralization is the weakening of the nation state. Yeah. And the virtual world further weakens the nation state because there's no physical parameters. There's no, there's no limitations to where you can go to where you can teleport to at any given time. That and the economy of the nation state suffers. If if a lot of the economy is happening online, which I think it already kind of is, you know, if a lot of the economy is happening online, that will definitely weaken countries and nation states. It'll be really interesting to see how that works. Yeah. And, you know, you can also, I mean, it begs the question, like, does everybody, so let's say you go into Patagonia land they can set their laws and they can set limitations for what you can and can't do. They get to enforce that. Right. So you could have all these people who are so frustrated about the system, right. Of existence in America or the system of existence in Western society or whatever the hell it is. Somebody can build a new system of existence and then you just go 
live there. Yeah. If it like, works, good. Exactly. Awesome. If it works for That's you, the idea. You yeah. can live in your little echo chamber over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you want to traverse into, let's say, okay, I want to live in the metaverse where what's like a polarized topic? Gun rights. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that you want to live in a, in a space where, where violence is allowed. Yes. Where you can play Call of Duty in the metaverse, where you can shoot people, where you can do all this kind of stuff. Right. Right. And you, you, you go there, violence is allowed. Yes. But then if you go into the safe space, yep. you can't do that yep. anymore. Yeah, you, you can't go full GTA in the safe space, but there are worlds where you can go full GTA. <laughs> yeah, the code wouldn't permit that. Yeah. So then basically you'd have all these pockets of people living in their version of utopia surrounded by a bunch of people who believe the exact... It could actually be very dangerous, but it could be an echo chamber of sorts. The, the dark side of the metaverse. Yeah, but you could... Well, it's but, going. There's going to be echo chambers. For sure. Well, there already is. Yeah. I mean, even even on just the They're internet. Go- I think that I think that aspect of things is going to get stronger. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because people are just cons- people who have certain beliefs just consolidate in certain areas on the internet. Yeah. And I think that I think that continually we will lose connection with the people on the other side that we're dealing with. We are, mm-hmm. we already do. Yeah. But I think continually it'll get worse. And I think that that's probably where world war three will be. Yeah. In the metaverse, <laughs> be in the metaverse, some, some violent con- condoning group waging war against some other violent condoning group or yeah. waging war against the people who have outlawed violence yeah. saying, Hey, violence deserves the right to do this. And then they're all just fighting these whole, but how do you fight? What is, what does fighting even look like? Hacking? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No yeah. Disabled. Yeah. Hacking. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a weird, that's a weird one. And cutting the power to somebody else's like group of pods underground and shit. Like, yeah, man. What's that going to look like? Sabotage. Yeah. 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 So weird. Wow. Yeah. Very bizarre way of existing. Wow. Very cool way of existing. Yeah. And then there's going to be the nomads. Yeah. But you're like, I anticipate you, you're going to be the guy who just wants to go to the different countries. You're fine with the rules. You'll go and see the safe space and you'll be like, okay, this is kind of weird. Okay, people here are interesting. You'll observe them. Then you'll pop over to the violent one and you're seeing all these people go batshit crazy, you know, and you're like, this is pretty weird too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty ideal. Like, I just want to float. I just want to look at it all and just see what happens and see how it unfolds and just watch it all happen and and be engaged with it to a certain extent. But I just want to observe. That sounds so fascinating. That sounds ideal, you know, and extend the lifespan of my body so I can just keep observing is ideally what would happen. Totally. Gosh. Yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a fun ride. This is going to be a fun thing to watch develop. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. Well, we'll be talking about this more. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, Reading through this PDF definitely it kind of it just changed things for me. It changed the way that I saw that I see a lot of the world, and uh, you guys will definitely hear more metaverse concepts being discussed in the future. <laughs> you, might, you might even get a little bit sick of it. 
but it's important. Oh, hugely important. It's the future. It's where we're heading. It is, it is the next world. It is the new world. So if you don't like it, we don't care. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's interesting. If you don't like it, tell us why you don't like it. Yeah. You know, civil discourse. Yeah. That's does it, do, does it make you uncomfortable? Do you think that we're just wrong about it and it's not going to pan out that way? Do you think that maybe we should actively stop this? I don't know. What do you think? If you, if, if you don't agree, if you don't like it, what are your thoughts? 